no better way to get better at football than playing football. So, like, you know. Taylor's going to finish it! I've always been confident in my abilities. I think, you know, I'm a guy that can go out there and I always believe in myself that I'm going to get open and, and make the play if they throw me the ball. The third. Ryan, end zone shot for Pierce. He caught it! Oh, what a Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Colts cast, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We're here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo, yo. You guys know our social media. We're going to get right into it today. Jamal, character, preparation, consistency, relentless. Relentless. Mm. Look, last episode, I, I think we got the Shane Steichen news. Probably about 15 minutes after we hit stop recording. It was wild. I you know. said you said your man had to be bent off that henny, and sure enough, he was because <laughs> he ain't wasting no time. He didn't waste any time. <laughs> Got Shane Steichen in there. Stability has returned to the realm. Excuse my French guys, but we have a fucking head coach now, ladies and gentlemen. It, it felt like we were in prison for yeah. for a month, just for mm-hmm. how long it took. We, we've been released now, you know, weight off our shoulders, enter Shane Steichen. Jamal, I, I guess, how, what'd you feel about his press conference? You know, before I get into the press conference, just one quick thing. I I, I know going back to, like you said, because we felt like we were in prison, when Chris Ballard did the whole speech about how, you know, we don't care if it takes to the second week of February, et cetera. Man, I, I think that they knew they were going for Steichen the entire time. And it was just going to be a matter of, because I know that the Eagles were projected to go really far in the playoffs. I think it was more of a matter of if the Eagles go that far, then we got to wait. The Eagles don't go that far, then we can scoop them up earlier. But it was just just way too much of a coincidence that, you know, all of it happened like clockwork. Boom, boom. We're good all of a sudden. So Ballard, Ballard, he had this up his sleeve. I think Calculated. he was waiting for the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe they had their eyes set on him the whole time. I think and, so. You know, was trying to see if they can make a move, but they kept, you know, advancing in the playoffs. So can't right. take them until – you know, they lose or the Super Bowl. So and and they got there. They lost, yep. but got scooped up literally. <laughs> I mean, Not, we heard reports yeah. what day. Uh, yeah. 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 It was he crazy. was probably just eating not eating breakfast and he's like, Oh, look at this. Adam Schefter. But yeah. uh, <laughs> uh but anyway, but no, the press conference, man, that was that was that was a nice thing to hear. For one, you know. Listen, guys, I give Jim Mercy the blues every every time I get on this microphone. I talk about him because he cracks me up, man. He is like in like, you know, like old people and then toddlers. You, you just got to watch you say around them because you don't know what they're going to say. And Jim Mercy never, ever, ever seems to fail when he speaks. He just kind of just goes on and on and on and on. We are in that top quartile of the top <laughs> yeah. quartile of the upper quartile of tops. I'm telling you, I love like it. dog. I love it. <laughs> he's he's a confident one, but uh, I I I enjoyed I enjoyed it because I could tell he was excited. One thing about Ursay is you when he's excited, he does just run his mouth until the wheels fall off, which is sometimes a bad thing. <laughs> but he runs that mouth. Um, and he gave a nice little introduction. He reminded us about 46 times that they did interview a lot of head coaches even though they went with Shane Steichen. So in case anyone else in Colts Nation didn't realize this, we did interview about 47,000 coaches. Uh, Ursay made it a friendly reminder for us. But, mm. you know, going straight into to, to Shane, I really liked what he came in with. I think Shane has been waiting on this. Like, I think he kind of knew the time was coming near for him. 
And and what better time would be than than with the Colts with the organization he can put his stamp on because that speech was just like I mean it was a lot of emotion in there you know I could tell he was happy he was sad he was ready to grind like he was just showing you just raw emotion that make you feel like he wants to come out here immediately immediately and make his presence known like this is this isn't Jim Irsay's team this isn't Chris Ballard's team this is Shane's team he and that's the way I felt after he talked. You know, he he I, I like how he kind of went down his background, gave his props to everybody and made everybody, you know, it was kind of a humbling thing. But then I really liked when he went through those four core pillars that you were talking about, Eric, because he just showed that, you know, it, it is one job and his one job is is to be successful. Um, there are a couple interesting, interesting things he said in there where I think he said he wants to uh, he wants to throw the ball, throw um, the score, throw the score and then run, run to, to win. win. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later here with our second question because I found that very interesting. Um, but with that being said, listen, man, any philosophy you're going to bring into there, I said I wanted an offensive mind. I thought the only way to truly go would be an offensive mind. Um, and I'm excited to see what he brings to the table because I really do think that he he's going to put a little, you know, he's going to come in with a little bit of a chip. But I think he also gets a fresh start, even though he has that background with Reich. He has a background with Sirianni, Rivers, all these guys. He, no matter what, I feel like someone was going to have Indianapolis ties somewhere down the line. I like to think that he's coming in here with a fresh start. This is what I want to do, and, and I'm about to take it to the top, at whatever means necessary. And, and that's the attitude I want to see because we got to have a hard ass in the building. We really do. Um, and I, I think that he can he can bring that fire from what I've what I heard in that 34 minute press conference. Yeah, the only other thing I'll say about the conference is I didn't like that question that came. I don't know who it was. I forget his name, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, are you a basket case? Yeah. You know, are you a hard ass? Like, <laughs> totally off base. It, Way it off base. Wasn't even irrelevant. It was a weird question to ask, but I, I forget the guy's name. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, look, if you guys watch the Super Bowl, you, you gotta be thrilled about this hire. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he made him the focal point of that offense, talking 300 yards, 38 attempts. He ran the ball 15 times, it was more than any other running back on the team. A lot to like about this hire, and and we're we're about to get right into it because we told y'all, we told y'all a few episodes ago, we thought he was the best candidate. Looks like the Colts front office agreed. And, you know, there's there's some burning questions I know surrounding this hire. Mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of late to the game because, you know, it's Thursday night for us. He got hired. Was it Monday? Yeah. Monday. Uh, but w- we got we got three burning questions we're going to answer for Colts Nation about the Shane Steichen hire and what it means for the Colts. So, Jamal, what coaching staff will he bring in? You know, that that's a great question. And he actually kind of touched touched on this a little bit during the press conference where I forgot who asked, but they said, you know, are you going to look to keep Gus Bradley around? You're going to look to keep the other coaches around. And he didn't skip a beat. He said, you know, I, I plan on having those conversations with these guys over the next couple of days. Uh, and sure enough, it's only been a couple of days in there. Gus, starting to Gus Bradley and Bubba Ventrone were also Ventrone, there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they were there. Exactly. So that's that's a good sign. Yep. I think so. Yep. I agree. It is a good sign. And I and I I think that I like to personally think that they wouldn't have had Gus so off limits when he had the opportunity to go for a couple of interviews if they didn't plan on retaining him. Um, I would like to think that this was made known that, you know, maybe Steichen said during an interview, hey, I like Gus. We want to keep him around. So do what you got to do, uh, because I I just don't see the purpose of holding someone back. But 
I know you asked about coach Steph. He's going to be bringing in. So the first thing um, that I personally want is an, an offensive line coach. That's, that's, that's the thing I care most about. Hit it uh, right on the nail, baby. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and actually there was a report that just came out today. So when I saw this, I was excited because it uh, looks like um, O-line coach Roy Istvin from the Eagles is the, is the front runner. Um, right now and uh, he just reached out they just reached out to him today this guy has a lot of experience uh, as far as it goes for coaching o-line so i'll be excited to see if he can come in and he doesn't have a lot of experience at the nfl level but college um he's i think he had 30 plus years so he, he's been around the block for a little bit so he's had some time and he also got to work with the great eagles offensive line i mean we saw the the eagles offensive line they they looked really good so that's the assistant offensive line yes coach, correct yes yeah because i know I, I don't think we're pulling Jeff Stoutland. No. He's the offensive line coach, run game coordinator. But, yeah, keep going. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I, I, I just want some stability there. And I think that anybody with the right mind who's done their homework the way Steigen said he's had, he knows what's been going on on this offense. Um, So I think that the offensive line coach would be the first thing in the, my priority list if I were him. Uh, we look at Parks Frazier. We know that, you know, he did a little thing for us this this during that hiccup of being the play caller, he's gone bye-bye now. Frank Wright scooped him up like a ground ball. He brought him down to Charlotte with them, and I think he must really like him. I mean, Wright oh, no. seems like a loyal person. I don't know. He lost Parks Fraser. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> I know. Um, but you know what? It doesn't bug me too much, for one, because I thought his play calling was very bland this year, but two, because Steichen made it clear that he is going to be the play caller, so mm-hmm. he's not even going to entertain someone else, which brings in another person I saw today that popped up. Jim Bob Cooter uh, from the Jaguars. So, interviewed him. Yeah, interviewed him today. And I want to just give a quick background history on him, guys. Uh, so he was assistant coach with the Colts from 2009 to 2011. He went to Denver with Peyton, and he was an offensive assistant when Peyton was over um, and, and Denver. He was offensive coordinator for the Lions in 2016. He helped oh, wait. I don't, I don't know if they interviewed him. I think they requested They, they requested it. Yeah, they requested right. it. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, he was offense coordinator for the Lions in 2016 and helped led Stafford to his most efficient season and highest yards per attempt that next year as well. But he ultimately left in 2018, uh, because Matt Patricia came in as the head coach. You know, Matt Patricia is very run heavy, his run head, uh, run first coach. Then he was running back coach with the Jets for two years, he was a consultant with the Eagles in 2021. And last but not least, he joined the Jaguars this season and helped develop Trevor Lawrence. We saw how much Trevor Lawrence's game turned around last year into this year now i'm not going to sit here and say that this is all uh jimbo kuda for turning around trevor lawrence because we do know that dougie p went down there and he he flipped the script for them and gave them some stability so i think really honestly any competent coach could have come in there and made it better than what urban meyer had uh made it so but it's exciting and i just wanted to let you know i did get uh, all those stats from indy stars so yeah just give a shout out to them uh they, they kind of had a nice little breakdown about jimbo cooter but i'm excited to see that this man has wasted zero time with trying to get some coaches in the building or at least requesting these interviews because that means that he has a game plan and, and that's what he want. He's already, you know, four ticks behind the behind the clock, being that they went to the Super Bowl, being that he's missed out on a month or two of working on hiring and things like that. So uh, I'm glad to see that he hasn't skipped a beat yet so far. Yeah, that this is good. This is good. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up offensive line coach that – that's a pretty good one that we need. You know, Chris Strauser looks like he's probably 
going to the Texans, it looked like, you know, per per Aaron Wilson of KPRC2 Houston. I, I saw that report. Um, you know, I'm I don't think anyone's gonna shed a tear for Chris Strasser leaving. Um, but it, it's been an up and down offensive line, you know, while 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 he's been here, you know, one season we're top 10 offensive line, arguably. Next season we're bottom 10. It's it's just been up and down. It's hard to pin it all on him, but he he's got to be he's got to share some of the blame, you know. Having too much faith in guys like Danny Pinner and Matt Pryor to fill those voids, you know, I'm sure he had some part in that. So yeah, definitely offensive line coach. We we got to we got to hit that. We got to hit that higher right. Um, I I really think OC is another one offensive coordinator. Even though we're getting a offensive coordinator as our head coach. You still need someone to it because OC isn't just play calling, right? There's a lot that goes behind it. You know, it, it's not just play calling duties. There's there's game plan design. There's scouting. There, there's just a lot to it. So you know, we got Shane Steichen. He said he's going to be the play caller, which is great. Um, I'm hoping he can balance his other duties as well. Um, but who who do we bring in for that? Um, I mean, there's a bunch of candidates. I was thinking maybe someone like Brian Johnson, the QB coach uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe he can mm-hmm. poach him from there. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, Johnson would maybe want to take that role. He he did coach OC or he was an OC in college for when he was coaching college uh, for teams like Florida and Houston. So I think he would be a great candidate. Um, someone like Greg Roman, former Ravens offensive coordinator. You know, the Ravens to me – it seems like every year they always have an underrated running game. You know, you, you hear Lamar Jackson, you hear how, you know, maybe their passing game isn't always up there, but you know, their running backs are, they, they always have a solid year. Lamar Jackson on the ground, always solid. So that could help prepare our, uh, propel our offense to, to another level with, you know, premier run game design, something like that. Uh, Pep Hamilton, I've heard a lot, you know, in the Colts community former Texas OC, you know, that doesn't spark a lot of, <laughs> Ooh, I, I really want him, but he worked with Justin Herbert during the time Steichen was the OC. So he, he was the quarterback's coach. You know, we, we, it looks like we're a hundred percent drafting a QB. Now I don't know when <laughs> they <laughs> joked about trading back, but we're, we're getting a quarterback at some point and I'm hoping it's within the top four pick. Oh no, but, that, that that guy down Alabama looks nice. <laughs> yeah, he does look nice. <laughs> Big Jim Mersey. Sorry, yeah, keep we, going. <laughs> we we could go down a potential list of candidates. You know, this entire episode, I won't do that. Another uh, staff QB coach. You know, I I keep mm-hmm. saying I want a QB coach to transition to the offensive coordinator, but are are we retaining Scott Milanovich to help develop our next QB? And he's got a lot of experience, about like 19 years, but most of it's in the Canadian Football League and, and NFL Europe. Do you guys even know what that is? Exactly. Nope. It's <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not surprised if he's gone. Like it, it, you know, he he might want to bring somebody else in to to help develop his quarterback of the future. So I think those are the three coaching positions to keep an eye on. So offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. And QB coach, I think it it all starts on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, from our terrible, terrible season in 2022, it's it's always been that side. So I'm looking to see some improvements there. 
I like it, man. Everything you said, and I'm glad you mentioned the quarterbacks coach because I think that's going to be huge for us. Uh, and again, I mean, like you said, it seems to be that we're going to be going to the draft for the quarterback. So why not go ahead and put every single piece of the puzzle that we need? And I just love to hear all this offensive talk. I, I know our defense, you know, did, did pretty well for us last year. Um, but and I know we still had injuries that 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 plagued us last year. But man, all this offensive talk mm-hmm. just gets me excited because defense can hold the team to twenty points, but it doesn't matter if you can only score fourteen. So right. we, we got it. We got to be at a grind. So I like I like where this is going. That's why I tweeted the other day. I said you got to be happy about this Shane Steichen hire. It's it's going to bring that fun to this offense. At least you know speculatively because you know last year we <laughs> first quarter we watched the game we're just like oh my god yep like the, yep. We're, we look terrible <laughs> like yep. oh we've got in 10 total yards of offense in the first quarter this, this is gonna <laughs> go amazing but jamal i mean nfl season's over are, are you an nba fan at all Oh, man. You know, once you move to Indiana, I guess you have to be a proclaimed NBA fan. So, yeah, I've been dabbling in it here a little bit lately. Well, not just you, but all NBA fans. I think it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, our sponsor. An official sports betting partner of the NBA this week. New customers can bet $5, win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. That's every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same game parlay on any, any uh, NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get all your money back, man. Get a free bet back. So, <laughs> look, NFL's over. Doesn't mean we can't still have fun. That's right. I love the NBA, too. I'm going to be looking at some same game parlays. It, it's nice because if you don't like the line, you can always move it a little down for less odds. But when you parlay it. Things be multiplying. Oh, so. yeah. Add up quick. A good little payout. You know, just download that now. Sign up with the code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. <sighs> Jamal, I, I got, let's, let's get to our second question. We got a lot oh. to talk about. Yeah. This is my favorite one, and this is something we're going to be talking about for the next two months. Easily. Which quarterback will he target? You know, he doesn't have the final say, but you know he's got that influence. Like, this is who I want to groom. Jamal, who's who's it, who's it going to be? Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. This is tough. I got two that I'm looking at. Uh, but you're right. He does He does have the – I don't – he doesn't have the final say, but essentially he does. When you look at his history with Justin Herbert and – um uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, who who are you as Chris Ballard or Jim Mercy to say, not so fast. We don't want that person. Like, no, no, you can't just step on this ground. But I'm torn between the two. And I, I got to say, my two are CJ Stroud and Bryce. You doubting Chris Ballard's power? I sure am. Go ahead. Go ahead. I bro. sure am doubting his power. <laughs> CJ Stroud and CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. <laughs> and, and, and I know people are probably like, oh, yeah, I got to figure that. But let me tell you the reason why I kicked the other two out of my top or out of this conversation, uh, Will Levison and, and Anthony Richardson. When I listened back to that press conference, I heard a young man by the name of Shane Steichen said he wants to throw to score, run to win. He wants to throw to score, run to win. He wants to throw to score and run to win. Anthony Richardson doesn't throw. Will Levis doesn't throw. Yeah, they do. C.J. Stroud, throw first, run 
My absolutely goodness. last. Yeah. Bryce Young. <laughs> They'll think they're just and, running back and, 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 and run after CJ Stroud. So <laughs> <laughs> is Will Levis listed as a halfback? Like what's what's going on? Uh, no, I, I just know that he will probably try to run the ball before he's gonna throw it. And and you gotta have accuracy to throw to win or throw to score. You can't you can't score if you don't have accuracy, and that's one thing that Levis doesn't have. Uh neither does Anthony Richardson. But um, uh, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. So I'm going to go with these two guys, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Um, when I look at C.J., I, I think about his physical attributes. We all know them. They're, they're great. You know, he, he's huge. He's a monster. Uh, he shows he can do it with a great supporting cast around him, Marvin Harrison Jr. We look at the core that Ohio State has with them, and you're just like, dang, on paper, when he, he looks good. I just I always have to go back to the Penn State game. I remember watching that game. And that was a game they should have lost. They they were it was a low scoring, close game the entire game. And the defense for Ohio State had a big play. And all of a sudden the offense turned it on and Ohio State just blew them out the water. I think by like 20 or 30 points. So it made the game look like it was so skewed, but it was like 14 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. Very close game. I say all this because CJ Stroud plays in the Big Ten. There's zero competition. Zero competition. Michigan. Okay, Michigan got blown out by TCU. Oh, TCU. That's that's irrelevant. So it's, they they are so stacked. They are so stacked, and they play against these 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 little schools and not little schools. There, I mean, they're obviously big schools, but they suck. Rutgers. So he said blown out. It was a six point game. <laughs> yeah, but dude, the TCU game. Yeah. TCU Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, they shouldn't even been in competition with them. They, oh. Michigan should have ate them alive. That was shouldn't have happened. Um. But I look at C.J. Stroud in Ohio State, and I just see that they're the playmakers that are around him is what's or what scare me because I I just really didn't get a chance. I haven't had a chance to see him struggle, truly struggle against major competition because the game against Georgia, although they did lose, he did look fantastic. He he looked he looked great. That was a quarterback I would like to see every single week, but I can't just let one game be my determining factor as to his his future success because again i know that he has a lot of great great playmakers around him and i do know if marvin harrison jr wouldn't have gotten hurt they, they probably would have won that game um uh, but with that being said i also have to just switch over to bryce young who is a little more of a smaller guy you know more of a, a russell um a russell wilson style guy like size wise so i and and what excites me about bryce young more than cj shroud is Bryce has been, I feel like he's been battle tested just a little bit more because he's had his time to shine in the SEC. Again, we, we, we the competition level, you talked about it just the other day when we were talking about Malik Willis and Anthony Richardson. The, and I know that the Independence Conference is not the same as the Big Ten. But for what it's worth, SEC is still in an elite level above these guys where they're getting a chance to play against top-tier um, um, competition week in and week out. And and that and I have to that has to hold high to me that that holds really high to me because Bryce was able to come in and do it. Of course, he had a shoulder injury where he was sidelined for that one week, but I'm not terribly concerned with that because I feel like if he's given the opportunity, he he can shine. He can sit in that quarterback as long or that quarterback. He can sit in the pocket as long as he needs to and gets the ball out to where it needs to go. The biggest thing that scares me when I think about Bryce is obviously his height. His weight, he's not the biggest, but I'm not so much concerned with his his weight because that's not that big of a factor. But his height is a little short. But that's that's not gonna, I'm not going to sit here and pass up on a quarterback because he is three inches shorter than the competition. You know, I mean, you got a decent O line. You're backing up into the pocket. 
you have you can see over all your linemen right now. It's not like every lineman is six nine, six ten, and we have a five eleven quarterback. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think it'll be that hard for him to adapt to that. Um, but I also just think that both of these guys' pocket presence is better than the other two guys that are are the first, the top four quarterbacks that we have going into the draft this year. So I really am torn between the two of them, but I, I would have to just say Bryce because I just feel confident with his SEC play. I I, I just think that he he had. Do you think that's who the Colts are now going to target, or you think that's your best quarterback? I think. I think that I I'm torn. I I think that the Colts will target. It's so hard. I want to say CJ because I feel like CJ will remind Steichen more of that um, uh, Justin Herbert and and um, Jalen Hurts. But man, yeah, they're gonna target CJ. They're gonna target CJ. That's it. They're gonna target CJ. I like them target Bryce. They're gonna target CJ. I hear you. Look, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. They got to trade for Zach Wilson. I mean, it is an absolute <laughs> must. Like, if they don't, <laughs> let me tell you why. Let me tell yeah, you why. You're going to hit me with it. Right, let me chill out. Let's yeah, thank you. Look, <laughs> the things we have heard and read about Steichen is he can maximize the strengths out of his QBs. He's, he's that adapter. He can adapt. Uh, he can limit their weaknesses, you know, by not exposing them. You know, Justin Herbert, um, I mean, big arm. He he made sure that 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 vertical attack offense, he always, always got the deep ball rolling down there. You got Jalen Hurts, made use of his legs on like every play. Jalen Hurts is a smart quarterback as well. Knew how to read on read options, things like that. Philip Rivers, it, the list goes on and on. He he knows what to do with his quarterbacks. He's had experience with different types of quarterbacks. Ah, but who 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 is he going to target? Look, I'll be honest. If we draft a QB in the top four, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. That that that's really the most important part here. So he said he values accuracy, decision making, and the ability to create. So we got to remember that that that's what he's looking for in these guys uh, before April comes around. So, you know, if you really dissect them right now between the consensus top four. That with with what he described, that that kind of leans towards Bryce Young. It really does. The the accuracy is there. The decision making is top tier. You, You feel like Bryce Young never makes a bad throw. I mean, he's. Then he's got that pocket poise, like it could be four defenders coming at him. He's going to stand still and make that throw or get away, scramble out the pocket and still make that throw, make that perfect throw, which also adds to his third most important factor, which is the ability to create. So held a gun to my head. I'm saying Bryce Young, um, but really could be any four of these guys, man. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, CJ Stroud consensus favorite among Colts Nation. We ran a poll, you know, had over 500 votes. CJ Stroud was the overwhelming favorite. I love him. You know, he 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 had he's safe. He's really safe. I mean, he's a phenomenal pocket passer. He, he's shown the ability he can produce. Um, he has such a nice touch on his passes, things like that. We saw in the Georgia game, even though I said he was he was you know my pick. Before that, we saw what he did to the best defense 
in college football. So I was high on him, but yeah, Bryce Young, just like you said, Jamal, the size. Will Chris Ballard be okay with drafting somebody with with that with that physical stature? I mean, it it limits him in in a little bit, but we've seen su- successful undersized uh, QBs. Bryce Young is just too good at everything else to pass up on him. Like I've, I heard Todd McShay today called him mini Patrick Mahomes. I'll take I'll take anything with Patrick Mahomes at the end. For real, <laughs> we, we yeah. So don't don't be mad if we draft Bryce Young. Will Levis has all the physical tools, competitiveness. You want to be like a Josh Allen 2.0. Mechanically needs work, but a lot of quarterbacks who've been successful have have had those mechanics fixed, you know, is your footwork great is, you know, are you making the correct throw in motion when you're trying to hit it on the 40 yard hat, things like that. Like, um, Anthony Richardson, a, a lot of people don't like him. A lot of people are really high on him. It, it, he's the most polarizing prospect. And, you know, people need to understand that Patrick Mahomes was even a risky pick written by a lot of analysts. They said Jalen hurts would be a great backup QB. Mm-hmm. They said Justin Herbert would be another Ryan Tannehill. They, they've said a lot of these things, and we know like they're not always right. So, what they were right about was they bet on traits that you know these these godlike traits that you, you can't find in you know this other quarterback that bust. So we'll know more because like Richardson has those superhuman traits. You know we'll 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 know more in the coming months, but. It's a QB-driven league, guys. I mean, we got to get it right, especially in the AFC. Think about all the quarterbacks we have to go toe-to-toe with. Like, we're going to see Joe Burrow in the playoffs. We're going to see Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. We're going to see Josh Allen in the playoffs. Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. The list goes on and on and on. Like, we have to get a top-tier quarterback or you're going to be like these teams who go in the quarterback purgatory. They're looking for one, and they're always at the bottom of the barrel. Like, the Raiders. (laughs) Look what they got to do with Derek Carr. They had to release him. Yep. Why? Wasn't a top tier QB. Now, the, there's even talks about them drafting up, like or trading up to to get their their guy. So, I want to see uh, these quarterbacks in the next coming months. But you know, right now, I, I would I would say Shane wants to target Bryce Young. Yeah, very, very well said. Very well said. And you know, like I said, I, the only thing that I would think about with these other two guys and. I know that CJ, CJ and Bryce are going to be more plug and play guys, no matter how you slice it. I mean, like you just mentioned, you go back to Jalen Hurst's draft prospect, great 6.14, good backup with the potential to develop into a starter, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we know we know his story. People only ride him like a bus ride now because of where the Eagles have gone. But no one no one goes back to the days where they just talk junk about him getting benched in the national championship game cowering out and going to Oklahoma to, to take it easier out, blah, blah, blah. They threw all that out the window now that, you know, he's gotten to the Super Bowl. Um, but with that being said, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, I feel the two most competent ones you can just plug into the system and start today. Anthony Richardson, I do, like you said, I think that would be a great, fun project. The only thing I'm worried about is what if we have Matt Matt Ryan as his mentor to, you know what I mean, to, to help him or who's going to start over him until they're ready. Now, I mean, because it could be that CJ or Bryce get in there as well, and they're just not ready to be a starter. But when I look at that, who we don't really have the the people around us to, I personally think, not to, yet. to, yeah, not yet, not yet. But we're going to go, who, what, what 
I guess what veteran quarterback would you be comfortable taking that could bring in to let start to learn to let Anthony Richardson learn behind because we can't take a Derek Carr. So we, we can't afford to spend money on someone like Taylor that. Heineke. Give me that leader. Man. That, that locker room loved him over there. I, yeah. Yeah. Heineke may be chilling where he's at because he may, they may not be, Wentz may mess around and, and lose his spot there. I think Wentz has already lost their spot. They, they got a, uh... Is it Sam Howell? I think they're mm. they're going with him. Okay. So, uh, yeah, get, give me give me someone like that. Give me a Teddy Bridgewater. Right. It's got Bridge in his name. Bridge QB. <laughs> so, like, I mean, there there's some good. Yeah. Good Bridge quarterbacks. We get Derek Carr costs too much. Oh yeah, he's way him. too much. Yeah, no one um, want him. Yeah. I, I, it, I, it just makes me a little nervous as Shane, who's going to sign a six year deal. Like, do I want? to have to worry about the first two years of my deal possibly be for what it's worth shitty seasons because I have to take time to develop. Um, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, 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 again, I know that, you know, obviously we've seen that any coach can come into Indianapolis organization and stand the test of time with Jim Mercer. You're going to get plenty of time to prove yourself. So I don't think in six years, even if he uh, had a below 400, he would get fired because or say doesn't have it in his blood. Um, but I don't know that man. My first head coach is then I'll want to do it. But I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm not in that position. I'm glad I'm not in that position because I don't know what decision I'll make. Yeah, it's tough, but we'll we'll see soon. We'll see yeah. soon enough. How much time will it take for the Colts to see success, Jamal? Last and final question. I think that Colts is gonna take at least two seasons. Next season, if we get a CJ or a Bryce, I imagine us finishing seven and ten, eight eight and nine. I don't see much more than that last year. What we finished nine and eight with what we had. And we, um, you know, if, if everything goes as planned, we'll have JT back. We would have uh, Shaq Leonard back. We have these pieces to the puzzles that weren't there last year. So we should be able to mimic almost mimic that season we had, but I just think it's your first year to be above 500 is a little tough because everyone's going to be potentially in a whole new playbook, a whole new system. There are going to be a lot of changes that are going to go on in this off season. So I would think this year, probably seven and 10 next year though, 11 and six. So I think we just get two years and turn Ooh. that thing around boy. Two years. That's all we need. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would. I think, that would be best case scenario, two years. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's a one-year flip around. Um, like, look, Joe Burrow, second year, was in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts, his third year. Trevor mm -hmm. Lawrence, divisional round, his second year in the playoffs. We can keep going. People are talking about a rebuild with the Colts. I don't, I don't see a full rebuild. Like, we're not doing what the Texans are doing. We're not doing what the Chicago Bears are doing. We have some key pieces in our lineup now. Like, do do I have to go through them? DeForest Buckner, Unique, and Gakwa. You know we're bringing him back, right? We got to Shaquille, a healthy Shaquille Leonard. We have Jonathan Taylor, a Stephon Gilmore who proves he's still a lockdown corner. Jamal, we we got the yep. highest paid guard. Yep. We we are not rebuilding. And I think Steichen kind of said that. He even mentioned some of those names: Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, um, uh, Buck, and someone else. He mentioned I forgot who it was, but yeah. So I think you're right. I don't think he's in that rebuilding phase in his mind mentally. He's in yeah, like, clean up. I would call it retooling. Mm, like, we like have that. plenty of strong impact players, but we're going to retool this offense. We're going to retool this team. 
You know, I, I think the only thing we're rebuilding is, of course, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Got a young QB coming in. Offensive line a little bit, you know, deciding how to fill those two voids and get our other three pillars back up to where they're supposed to be relative to their salary. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Jamal. Get, give me two years, and I think we can make you know, playoff contenders. Throw, the, throw the score and run the win, baby. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Steichen is on that six-year deal. Give him a long leash. And if the predictions don't come true, he's going to have to figure some things out. But I haven't been this excited about offseason in a while now. Like I know. And you know what makes me even more excited about it, too, is the fact that the AFC South has gotten a little bit tougher now that we see that Jacksonville is, is going to be an actual contender for years to come. So that means Sykin has to know in his heart of hearts that, yo, I can't mess around. I got to come full throttle. Reich's had it pretty easy this past, not easy, but you know, I mean, easy for what it's worth being in this division because it's it's been easy to maintain. But now you gotta a, Texans are trying to start their rebuild. The it looks like the Jags have figured it out, and I don't think Rabel's gonna miss too many more steps. They're still hurting giving away AJ Brown. Ain't doing but, nothing. They done. <laughs> but they messed up by getting rid of AJ Brown. But that's neither here. They'll be third in the AFC South. But yeah, we we finally got our head coach. Yeah. It's almost time to get our QB of the future. Like, that's the next two months, baby. Things are looking up. Success is going to come. You know, success, actually, to me, is winning the AFC South. Not getting into the wild card. We have to win the AFC South. And he talked about divisional games are extra important. So, we need sweeps. Yeah, we need sweeps in the South. Yeah, don't let's, need any of this nonsense of oh, this Jaguars curse, yeah, this Jacksonville yeah. curse. Like, come on, man. Yeah, we can't be getting blown out at home by the Jacksonville Jaguars under like Urban Meyer. <laughs> Not saying that happened, but I mean, you know. yeah, you're right. He wasn't there. He was still in Ohio, but it's all good. <laughs> he missed the flight back home. <laughs> Colts Nation, let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the success. It's exciting, man. It is. It is, and. We, we got a whole lot to talk about with Shane Steichen. We just wanted to answer some, some you know, three burning questions. I know it's on Colts' minds, Colts fans' minds. But, you know, that's going to be it for us, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Colts cast. We are live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back next time to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Y'all, take care.